Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is brought to you by With Jack. They help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. Get the freelance insurance you deserve. With monthly plans and zero cancellation fees, a With Jack policy gives you complete control over your protection. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance. For lettering artist, Shelley Kim. My fiancé helped me realise that it's sparking so much joy. Maybe you should have like a career change. At the time, I did think he was really crazy. I was like, no one just leaves their job just to go pursue what they want to do in life to make them happy. On social media, I found this like community of people that just were so supportive of one another and just cheering each other on. And that's something that I couldn't get from friends and family just because they just merely couldn't understand what I was doing. When I first started pursuing art, I thought opportunities would just kind of like come. So I would just like wait in my inbox, my email inbox and see, okay, like maybe I can get like some emails, but I realized that if I want the opportunities, I need to make it happen as well and not just like wait around for them. Yeah, so there is Shelly, her story coming up in a moment. Shelly is in Los Angeles. Can't believe we're heading towards the end of season 12 already. I mentioned last week, by the way, that I finally got around to creating my own course to help you with getting started being freelance. I love the fact that there's there's always uh, people listening to this who have been freelancing for decades or people who are just on the cusp of starting it which is always very exciting uh what is in these podcasts over the past five years or so can help you no matter what stage you're at but do you know what do yourself a favor as well as listening to all of this and learning from others uh, i've basically condensed what i've learned myself as a freelancer but also from over 200 guests into a course that i think will help you getting started being freelance if that's where you are right now so if you're thinking of doing it you've been doing it for i know probably less than a year something like that you know you feel like surely there must be something i'm not quite check it out anyway check it out see what's involved see what's in there see if it's for you all the details are at beingfreelance.com and while you're at the website don't forget to click community it takes you through to join thousands of freelancers from around the world so that you can hang out online we have a lot of fun in there we do live q and a's we do the book club, uh, pub quiz, like social stuff, uh, live video. Uh, it's uh, But it's also a place where you can have a laugh and ask questions. It's the Being Freelance community is one of my favorite things. Please come join us. There's a link at beingfreelance.com. And don't forget to say hi. OK, let's crack on. Chat to this week's guest. That is lettering artist Shelley Kim. Hey, Shelley. Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? So I probably never thought thought of myself being an artist. Um, I used to like arts and crafts, but just dabbled into it. Um, so it was really unique that about five years ago, I discovered art just as a creative outlet, only because I was so stressed out at my full-time job. I used to work full-time in insurance and... I thought work was my entire life. After I would come home from work, I talked about work constantly. And that's all that I really knew what to talk about. And then um, my fiance being so amazing that he is, he kind of just opened my eyes and he made me realize that work should not define my life. And me talking about work all the time was just boring him out. 
So he was like, why don't you look, go look into other hobbies, look into things that maybe, you know, like make you happy. So at that time I was so offended, but (laughs) (laughs) I was, cause then I I was telling him, what do you mean? Like work to me was so important, but then it just because when you talk about like insurance and all the lingo that goes into it, none of it actually makes sense. It's very technical. So I, I totally, I totally got where he was coming from. <laughs> so I guess with that whole like um, transition and like that perspective that he provided me, I started looking up just like positive affirmations and that's when I came across hand lettering. I thought, oh my gosh, how beautiful and fun would it be if I could if I could learn different topography styles and um, and calligraphy to write my own positive messages to decorate my cubicle. <laughs> oh my god! So you taught yourself how to do it so that you could decorate around where you work. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. I love it. Yeah, that was the whole main reason. And like, that was my motivation because I was like, my cubicle needs some inspiration and some positivity. So I looked into like how to get started, not realizing how hard and difficult it was going to be. I thought it was just like so easy. But after I started learning myself how to do my own hand lettering designs, I did end up decorating my cubicle. So my goal was reached. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But during that time, I found this other joy that I you know, needed in my life. It was something that I didn't know how to explain, but it was finally as if I would get get off of work and just rush home just to do arts and crafts and do hand lettering and watercolors and just really just get lost into that world. And that's something that sparked so much joy and happiness. There is so much to life than, you know, always stressing out about work and doing all these overtime hours. And my fiance helped me realize that as well, is that if if, if it's sparking so much joy, maybe you should, you know, have like a career change. At the time, I did think he was um, really crazy. I was like, no one just leaves their job just to go pursue what they want to do in life to make them happy. <laughs> but sure enough, a couple months later, I ended up um, leaving my full-time job and doing my best to pursue art full-time. I was so lost, but it was that escape that I needed. Like, I felt that if I didn't leave, I would just be stuck there. Wow, what a start. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, it's it's one thing to think, oh, I should do this and maybe I could make money from that. Like, did did you have a plan, you know, before you handed in your notice, did you have a plan as to how you were going to make it happen? Or I know, right? It sounds so scary. Um, no, I mean, I was so scared because I really didn't know what I was doing. I thought I did. Um, my plan was to open up my Etsy shop and then... I wanted to do like custom prints and cards, but I didn't realize that not that it's like not a good market, but you know, like on Etsy as well, there's so much, you know, um, traction on there that in order for people to also like, you know, find your work, you should also have social media accounts to share about what you do. And that was something that I didn't realize. So during the time after I left, I started to post more of my artwork on social media and just to get my work out there and like use certain hashtags to help um, land myself on the explore page. And during that social like platforms, that's when I would share about my Etsy shop and things that I was selling at the time. It was like crickets, like nothing actually happened through it. So my backup plan was, okay, maybe I can use this opportunity to go back to school and like get my master's in college counseling. So that's pretty much what I did. Like the same year I left my full-time job, just because 
I think I was just so afraid to like tell everyone, like friends and family, what I was actually doing that I actually never told anyone that I left my full time job. Oh, I was just so embarrassed on like getting feedback about, oh my gosh, like what are you doing with your life then? Because I, I was not sure. So me going back to school, getting a master's in college counseling was my excuse to say, oh, this is what I'm doing next. But here is the whole like perspective that I wish I realized. A month before I started my program, that's when a a lot of opportunities started coming up through social media. I got different like campaign opportunities and all these things started happening. And I mean, at the time I was just confused because I was like, what's happening to me? Like, I didn't realize what could actually happen through social media and like through my art itself. But maybe if I had been patient or just like trusted the process, things could have, you know, happened. Because I do feel as if when you have like that perspective about, you know, good things will come your way, it it, it truly will. But then if you start having some negative thoughts, it can impact how you do work. So... Your plan, as such as it was when you first quit your job, sounds like it was around products rather than like finding clients to do work for, but you would create things and sell to consumers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it it was just like mailing like products and maybe taking like here and there like custom work, stuff like that. Mm. But then um, I, I guess at that point I was telling myself, well, maybe I can like fulfill my what if. So I I went through with the program. It was very stressful because then with the two years I did the program, I also ran Letters by Shells for two years as well. And everything, you know, took off for me when I started my grad program. So I felt like I was working full-time jobs in multiple areas because during the program I had to work eight to five at a school site. My class was from five to 10 p.m. And then I had my Letters by Shells business that I was trying to run from like midnight to three in the morning every day for two years after I finished my program I told myself you know what I need to like decide what do I want to do so I chose my art to do full-time afterwards after my program so during the two years I was in the program what I realized was that there were so many things that you can apply to art and that's something that I didn't realize when I first left my full-time job I hope it's all making sense wow so um so technically you qualified in something that you could have then got work in yeah how did you cope with studying full-time and as part of your studying working in an actual placement and then running your business on the side like how how did you find that I mean, I, I want to say that I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, it, it, it was actually a dark time for me because I thought, you know, everything in life should be taken off for me. So I should be happy and really trying try to like live the best life. But I was actually miserable just because I felt as if I was trying to pursue my program because I worked so hard to get into the program. But then I then realized that during that whole time, my heart really fell into Letters by Shells and doing art full time. In that time, did Letters by Shells, uh, your business, like, did it start to take off? Did you start to think, actually, this is a thing? Totally. And it gave me that reassurance that I was looking for. Basically, if I just had waited a few more months, everything would have just fallen into place. I started realizing that art can be applied in so many different ways. For example, I could do art at live events. I could do um, art at different conferences just to do like customization. And I could also do craft events. And those are things that I didn't understand how to apply my art form. And so I, I guess during the time that I was in my program, I basically made sure that I got all the business 
logistics out of the way. I wanted to make sure I, I finalized my website. Wanted to make sure I understood what type of materials I wanted to sell in terms of like products and also what type of services that I wanted to offer for like customizations and doing events and also even even hosting workshops because then I started loving to teach the craft as well. Was it purely putting yourself out there on social media? With all of this, I feel that social media gave me the confidence to to see that people enjoyed my work and they liked what I was putting out there. Because in the beginning, when I was doing something, I, I would always stare at my artwork and say, I don't know if I could show anybody this. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. But then on social media, I found this like community of people that just were so supportive of one another and just cheering each other on. And that's something that I couldn't get from friends and family just because they just merely couldn't understand what I was doing. I was going to say, did you eventually tell them? Oh, yeah. I told them when I started my grad program. Then I also did tell them about Letters by Shells, and they thought it was a phase. Um, They were like, oh, that's so cute. Okay, we'll see how long you, like, stick on to it. When you finished your course and you finally went like full time into Letters by Shells, what would you say was like the way that you were bringing income in? So you had a mixture of services and products? Yeah. Um, During this time, I wanted to like finalize my mission and what it was like, what is it that I wanted to put out into the world? So I basically decided, you know what, like my arts and crafts and my hand lettering and everything I do within my business is to promote positivity and love. And that's like the main reason for it. So then after I was able to have like a clear mission of what it was, then I started to offer, you know, like what are multiple categories that I could offer within my business, just because I do believe in multiple revenue streams as well. So when I first started, um, even after I left my program, I still did like custom prints and custom cards. And I also did like custom like stickers and vinyls um, that clients wanted. So for example, there was like a local store shop, they wanted custom vinyls for one of the like their um, water bottles. And I would produce those for them and like do all the customizations for that. And then I also started branching off into, okay, maybe I can dabble into more of like live events. So are there any like craft events or conferences happening that need customizations for like their journals just to like give something extra to um, the people that are attending those events. And would you reach out to them like cold or? Yeah. So there were some inquiries that I I would get because of social media and they found my website as well. But I I would go on Eventbrite and like see what type of events were happening around the area. Because I Mm -hmm. do feel as if, you know, opportunities, they'll come your way the more that you also put yourself out there and reach out as well. Like they're not going to always like land, um, and like come to you and I guess when I first started pursuing art before I started my program I thought opportunities would just kind of like come so I would just like wait in my inbox my email inbox and see okay like maybe I can get like some emails but I realized that if I want the opportunities I need to make it happen as well and not just like wait around for them yeah fast forwarding to today um, when you're talking about like the different income streams is it similar to that now or has it changed? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It, it definitely is the same. I still have like the same mindset in terms of like offering, you know, like everything that you can that sparks joy and like 
happiness for you. I guess one thing I, I took away from what I offer is that I don't really offer custom prints anymore or also um, custom cards. It's mainly if like they want a certain order, then they'll have a conversation with me. And if it's something that I can't fulfill, then I'll just route them over to someone else that can. So I don't take as much custom work, but I started to take on custom work for like um, different brands and also different companies. For those opportunities, either half of it would come through like social media and putting myself out there. It could be something so simple like putting up your Instagram story saying like, I'm looking for a custom work. You know, if you have any opportunities, at one point I even changed my Instagram bio to say that I'm open for collaborations and opportunities because then I feel that once like people and companies can see that you know you you have that interest then they'll be like okay maybe she's not so busy and we'll reach out to her uh yeah I noticed that a lot on your website actually yeah no because um what I wanted to do when it came with like working with brands in the very beginning I started to do like custom work for them like maybe they wanted my hand lettering on their product design or they wanted my hand lettering for like a campaign that that they were doing but then I also realized that there are certain brands that want to promote products and if they target you know artists the artists can also help promote their products as well by just like merely showcasing it on social media or like using the products Mm. so it's obvious that social media has been important to you what kind of stuff did you do and do you do on instagram because everybody starts with zero followers i didn't know what other platforms were out there instagram was like my main you know platform that i wanted to um use so instagram i feel that it can be overwhelming um over the years i thought about oh my gosh i can only share about certain things only like the good things or like the things that happen within the business um that are great but what i realized on social media is that it is your portfolio and you get to basically put out whatever you want on there and i feel that the most like when you are the most authentic self um you are able to attract so many different people that can be relatable to your journey and what you do do so meaning on social media is not just putting out your work but also sharing about the process sharing all the behind the scenes who you are as an artist and what you want um, them to know more about if people stop like focusing so much on like how it's going to look like the face view when you land onto your Instagram page, then like it would bring so much more happiness just to post what you want to post. Because then I've talked to multiple people that said, well, it's, it, it doesn't fit my color palette or it doesn't um, follow the feed of what I'm doing. I'm trying to do like a post and then a video and then a post and a video. But all these things, you know, no one is going onto your feed and saying, oh my goodness, it's a, it's, it's like a post, post and a video. Oh, it can't be that. It can't be in that order. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm a believer just to post whatever you want to put out there. Um, so to keep, um, an idea because I know social media can be overwhelming maybe on like every Monday and Wednesday you can post about like your artwork and post about like what you're doing um, on on like every Fridays you can post about like your office or behind the scenes or maybe even a photo about you and share like five fun facts about you so you show up on there every day and you do basically what you fancy but you kind of have a bit of a structure to it 
I don't have a structure all the time, but that's something I need to like. I'll I'll have that in mind if for some reason I'm just like drawing a blank and I'm like I don't know exactly what I need to put out there. Like I I, I don't know like what I want to post, and having that structure could help. Um, I use that structure mainly on like my Instagram stories. One thing I do want to comment when I post about my artwork, I do also love you know doing like the IGTVs along with the multiple post. So I. I, I do believe in like posting um, a photo and just like a video of your artwork can definitely help bring engagement just because you are able to cater to two different crowds, people that want to just see the whole process or someone that just wants to see like the final product photo. Mm. Do you feel like there was like a snowball type moment when you were building your following online and alongside that your business, like where you felt like momentum had picked up? Momentum started picking up when I started being like more consistent within my post. Um, I mean, I don't post every day, but I feel that if you are starting off, maybe even posting every day or every other day can definitely help bring that engagement along with, you know, responding back to people. So for me, I started noticing I got more followers and more attention when I started posting more videos of my artwork and just like sharing that entire process, letting people be a part of the process with me from start to finish. How long did it take you to to feel like, it was really working for you and your business. Like, cause, like, and yeah. I, I know people say, oh, the numbers don't matter and things, but clearly there must be a point where it, it kind of feels like it's having an effect for you. When it comes to numbers, you know, I am also one of the people that say, you know, numbers are just numbers. Because I, cause I, I do just, I do believe in that. I've done it in the past where I let the numbers define who I was as as an artist and how successful I was. And that's not something that anyone should do because you, um, as an artist, you know, you're already amazing. And just to keep on keeping that momentum going. Um, so when it comes to numbers, the only reason why it can, you know, be or play that important factor is because it gives you that credibility. It gives you, um, like more opportunities for like other people to like f- discover your Instagram as well. So I do feel that, you know, when you are posting and putting yourself out there, um, doing it more for yourself and having people know more about your business. Because even though like you are able to get more audience and like more followers, that doesn't always equal um, revenue as well. It just means that you're gonna get like more attention on your page, but you also have to like make sure that that translates um, to when you share about your future products or like future things that they also have some interest in it. Yeah. How do you try to get it to translate? It's an interesting point. With with what I do is just sharing that whole journey with them and like making sure that you are always showing up because people have the opportunity to like get to know who you are. Because then um, if you are only sh- showing up every time you have like a product launch or you want people to like sign up for something, then it's just you're only showing up for those reasons and it doesn't you're not building that relationship with them. I notice on your on your website, you're you know you're asking people f- for an email. Lots of people do that, but how how yeah. how do you make it work for you? That's a good question. With when it came to like email newsletters, I never understood like what it was for. I was like, why do people do this? It's, it just seems so. Um, I I don't know like how I feel about it. But what I was able to realize is that when you also think about social media you have to 
think about multiple ways to get your audience. So Instagram is one social platform that is a strong platform, but that's not the only one. So then how do you you get other people's attention and eyes onto what you do? So building your email newsletter could be a a really neat way, even offering like a free... um, Item. So when people subscribe to my newsletter, they have access to like a resource center with a bunch of like free practice sheets and like free tutorials that they can watch. And that's like an incentive. And within that email newsletter, every week I'll send out just, you know, updates about what I'm doing, updates about my business and also future product launches and collaborations that I may be working on. I just feel like it's like another way to um, show up for your audience and check in with them, but in a unique way other than Instagram. No, it's nice. And you find that works for you? Yeah, no, it definitely works. Um, just because I'm able to like share a lot more on there. Like I feel like it's like my own personal blog almost that I'm sharing on my newsletters because I'm on Instagram. I can only type in like so much captions and I, I feel that within like Instagram posts, it can get kind of like lost in someone's feed. So having the newsletter, it goes directly into their inbox, which is really nice for them to see. Um I also wanted to add on to social media, though, because then when it came to Instagram, even though like I realized like the traction and like it started building, especially in the beginning, I did notice a time where it just kind of stopped and I was like losing a lot of followers and then gaining them and losing them again. So that's when I also realized that, you know, Instagram is really neat to have, but it's not the only platform. What other platforms can I explore? So last year, I made it a goal to understand Pinterest. Everyone talks about Pinterest and talks about like you should use it, but I had no idea how to use it um but i actually found something really unique on pinterest you can now post videos on there you can now post about like your products and you can directly link into like your etsy shop or your website and i actually noticed um a handful of my traffic this year came from directly from pinterest not through instagram like it used to be and and how much time do you have to put into that or was that mostly re- reposting things you've already created? Yeah, so like basically what I would do in the past on Pinterest, I kept repinning like my Instagram posts, but I, I didn't understand like how that was going to do. Because then what happens is, is that when you repost your Instagram um, into Pinterest directly, it just goes back to your Instagram feed. And like they're not really going to your website or anything. Right. So everything I post on Instagram as a post, I also make it into a post on Pinterest. So like, even though like, I feel like it's, it's more work, um, thinking about Pinterest as one social platform and Instagram as another. So I also do the same thing for my Facebook page. And I also now have a TikTok. Um, I started TikTok last year, not realizing what it was going to like do for my business, but it did like, it did help me like bring different audiences that never found me on Instagram. How much time do you put into TikTok each week? Do you think? Oh, so, okay. Right now, right now I'm like so bad on social media, but, um, I feel that, okay. Like, Every other day, if you do post, post, like, I take that, you know, couple of hours for me just to, like, post on Instagram. After I do it on Instagram, then I'll post on my Pinterest. And, like, I'll just do it all at the same time. So that way you're not so, like, stressed out about thinking, okay, like, one day I have to do this, one day I have to do that. So, like, if you are posting on one social platform, just take the time just to, like, um, tweak the caption a bit and post it across all all your other platforms when you say that you're bad at social media right now in what way i'm I'm not posting i i haven't i've just been kind of like on there and scrolling i but then i haven't posted anything on um, pinterest or tiktok in maybe a few weeks i just feel that 
is social media is important, but you also have to like take time to focus on your business and like you know like figure out the back end work as well. Because then, you know what, social media will always be there. You can show it for your audience. You know, whenever like you are in like the right mental like headspace, and yeah, like if you like take a break, no one's gonna notice. So basically, if you're not feeling it you don't post and you're okay with that yeah yeah totally just because um when you are posting on social media it's more than just like putting your work out there and like posting you also want to like be in like the right mindset just to like be motivated to respond to people to also like comment back and just to like really fully engage with your audience and I feel that when I'm like stressed out or I just can't think about that I don't want to just like post something and then try to respond because I know that like in my heart is just not something that I feel okay doing I guess Mm. now you mentioned doing workshops so those Mm -hmm. are in person but you do them online as well but I can't tell right did you do them online before the pandemic kicked off or did you transfer online Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, when it came to workshops, I, I started teaching workshops back in 2016, like in person. And that was just something I did every month until like, you know, this year. So like my in-person workshops, you know, they're based out in California. Like I'm, I'm based out in California. And like over the years, I've traveled to like multiple um, states to do other workshops as well. And last year, I started to do like these like live online workshops where I wanted to like have like a workshop experience with somebody but um but like actually like kind of like doing it with them like through the um webcam just because I wanted to see if I could reach more people because there was times where I would always go to New York and do my workshops there but then half the people were like I'm working on the weekends I can't go but that was the only weekend that I was there so I wanted to see if I can accommodate um just like other people not within California and then I stopped doing them and then this year the whole pandemic happened so I offered it again earlier this year uh, but then I started to do online workshops through different companies so I started reaching out to companies to see like if they want to like host workshops in collaboration with me and then we were able to like partner up together and basically um, I'm talking about like my favorite products that I would use and like um, yeah we, we started doing like collaboration workshops. So you get paid by the brand and the brand mm-hmm. offers it I, well, I don't know they might charge or they might do it for free to people so that way around instead of you selling it to your audience yes yeah so some of them it, it works like on agreement like some of them are just gonna be like free for like everyone it's just like more exposure um and it, it's just like we're doing it from like the goodness of our hearts because at the end of the day i love to still teach and share my knowledge as much as i can um but then usually when i collaborate with the brands i'll ask them for like my pricing and i'll share them my rate and then usually it's offered as a free um we would only ask for like payment if it was something like we were charging them for like supplies or something yeah and i see you've got an online course in the pipeline as well oh yeah you're just like... not busy enough <laughs> shelly um oh my <laughs> you haven't launched your course but you're planning one, one I, I saw it on your site how are you finding that process how's that going for me it's hard just because i guess the reason why i've been having a hard time recording it because then believe it or not i have recorded for the the 
classes. I recorded multiple videos, but I, I didn't like the audio or I didn't like something, so I trashed those videos. Like, so I, I I'm like overthinking it at this yeah. point, but um, and that's something I, I should not do. Um, but you know what? I realized that um, this year, just because I. I was trying to launch my online course, but I got too busy. So I ended up finalizing my workbook. That's basically going to be like a good way for me to have like a structure outlined for the online course. So I think as long as you have like all your thoughts and you pour it out there, then you're able to really figure out how you want to do your online course. So you've released a workbook from part of it and you mm-hmm. can see how that goes yes um, okay now I'm, I'm conscious that we might run out of time because you do so much uh, another bit is a podcast oh yeah our podcast called hobby to business i host it with my friend um my good friend emma witt um we started the podcast because over the years of doing our business I mean, we both kind of just like fell into art and we both pursued it full time. And that and like that was like something that we really shared in common. Um, But we also realized that, you know, like even though Emma has like a business degree, there are so many different layers to running a business that we never knew about. And during the time, like we had a we did a lot of mistakes and we like struggled so much and we kind of like picked ourselves back up and everything that we learned we thought it would just be awesome to share it with the world people that are wanting to pursue their art into full time what what are the necessary steps that has like have helped us and how can that um help another like artist that wants to start their business full time nice what what would you say as you reflected on it and started to put that podcast together like what did you then realize had been like your biggest challenges over the past few years the reason why I wanted to do art was to be creative and just be an artist. That, that That's all that it was. I never knew that there was another side to also like marketing yourself and putting yourself out there along with answering a lot of emails. And I never knew that like, I guess like I'm not, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but there is like a, a business size to it where like you have to now also understand like what your budget is and like if you have the budget to you know like order the products that you're hoping for and you know like how is it all going to make sense because in the beginning there was a few times I did product launches but I um, didn't even break even so then those were like you know opportunities that I got to kind of like learn from um, just because I guess I wasn't quite sure like what I was trying to do so trying to figure that out but then also figuring out um how to manage your budget and realizing that you have to pay taxes and you have to do all this stuff that i never knew about (laughs) oh my god do you know what you've just reminded me when uh, it's it's such a silly thing but when i started selling being freelance mugs okay it's not very different to what you Mm do but when i started selling them i realized how much goes into creating a product and selling a product and the packaging and the postage and the protecting totally. it. And, mm-hmm. and then I start to realize that some of the mugs would come through and they were chipped and then I couldn't sell those. Yeah. So you've just lost a yep, load of money. Yep. And what if you don't sell them all? Then you've... Yeah, oh my... The, what happens? Suddenly I had this <laughs> newfound respect for anybody who sells products online. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they're actually creating the stock in advance and not like just printing on demand. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. No, no, totally. Because those are things that, you know... we. I started to like learn along the way. So like, for example, I mean, if I wanted to like start selling 
mugs or like sweaters what I would do just because I've never really done them before I would actually offer it as like a pre-order and kind of see like engage how many people are have that interest how many do I know that I should order but you can also do like on-demand printing as well um because there there were times I ordered so many product and I was like no one likes anything oh my goodness but you also have to like put yourself out there in terms of like asking your audience you know what what is it that they're looking for as well? Because then um, you can also kind of get like good feedback, um, just kind of see what their interests are. But when it comes to products, even if like maybe you don't have the budget to like spend on anything or maybe you don't want to, um, you can also think about offering it as an alternative like digital download. And that's something I started discovering back in 2017, how like digital downloads could like play a huge role in my business. Um, Just because, for example, when I sell like my lettering workbooks, um, oftentimes the shipping could be really high for somebody based overseas. So then if I were able to offer a digital download um, option, it would be way cheaper for them. Yes, nice idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You see, one day people will be able to 3D print their own mugs and then I'll be laughing. Oh my laughing. goodness, right? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be so, so amazing. Um, I'm just intrigued though because you know, your podcast is Hobby to Business and it did occur to me like yes. there was a point when you were stressed out and you said that you were thinking about work all the time and you were talking about work mm-hmm. all the time and you wanted to get a hobby. Yeah. But now, of course, that hobby has become work that you probably think about and talk about all of the time. I know. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, no. So true. Is is it different though? Yeah. No, it, it's very different just because like starting my own business, in the beginning, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it. In the beginning, I didn't know if I liked it just because, you know, like there are so many different layers that you have to like figure out trial and, and like do trial and error and, and kind of like see what works within your business. But I was able to really figure out what is it that I want to do? Because then in the beginning, I felt that I was doing too many things, which isn't a bad thing, but it can kind of like, you're stretching yourself too thin a little bit. And in order for you just to have like a clear mindset, it might be helpful that maybe you have like certain goals every year. So like, for example, you know, this year I was hoping to launch my online course, but I came to the realization that, you know, the year's almost over. I, if I were to, you know, take on that extra workload, it, it can't it probably can be done I don't know how well it would be done but then I would just be so burnt out by next year so kind of like rearranging your to-do list and kind of saying okay maybe this year might not be the right year so this year focus on like five different things and then next year maybe you can revisit that do you know that kind of leads into something else I was going to ask which was how do you find managing work-life balance it kind yeah, of feels like you're you don't have balance <laughs> okay <laughs> oh it no, sounds no, like no, you're no. good at protecting your time and listening to yourself and your gut instincts and things though i never used to be that way because then i felt that i was having so much fun doing everything i mean there are you know some times that i have to like work until like five in the morning and i'm like oh i'm so tired but what i figured out especially this year like during the whole pandemic um I feel like before the pandemic, I didn't know what work-life balance was. I would work, you know, every day, do my emails, do my projects, all that stuff. At nighttime, then I would start, like, recording tutorials and, like, YouTube videos just because I didn't have time for it during the day. And then um, on the weekends, I would attend conferences because I'm like, oh, that's a fun event, right? Like, and I I thought that was, like, a good work-life balance. Like, the conferences that I'm attending was supposed to be, like, that balance, but... 
And like, I'm, I'm always just talking about my work. So when the pandemic hit, um, I couldn't do like in-person workshops anymore. In the beginning, I started to like now just like double my work. I was like, okay, now I'm going to do everything on the weekends too. I'm not going to have a break. But what I finally realized was that, you know what, on the weekends, like because I'm not doing workshops, I'm not doing anything. Why don't we, you know, like take trips um, outside like of our city. So like couple weekends ago we went to go visit joshua tree and we camped out there um over the weekend and we didn't like have any cell service and those are things that i've been wanting to do but i didn't get to appreciate until everything kind of happened just because like we've been stuck at home and we're like what can we do outside that we can still like maintain a a safe distance from everyone else and of course walk your dog Oh, yeah. We adopted Max, my dog, last year in July. And before Max, you know, like, all that I did was, you know, get up in the morning, went straight to my computer and went straight to social media. That's all that I did. But after we got our dog, I realized, you know what, I want to, like, spend time and hang out with him, too. So then that helped bring more of that work-life balance that I was kind of, like, looking for. But I didn't know that I needed. So every morning, instead of, like, rushing to my computer or checking my social media, I do walk my dog, Max, every morning. And then I walk him every afternoon and nighttime just to kind of, like, get out of the house hurrah for dogs they are a freelancer's best friend it I feels know. like okay yeah. um, yep. now Shelley I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie so what do you have for me okay so I dreamed about living in New York I love Star Wars and I love cheesecake <laughs> okay so number two <laughs> I, I love Star Wars Number three, I love cheesecake. You love Star Wars. When did you get into Star Wars? This year. Only this year? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. This this year. Um, before, I did not like it. I didn't understand it. And then this year, during the pandemic, I was like, what is there to watch? I watched everything, like, over the weekend. God bless you, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I did watch it out of order, and I didn't understand what's happening. <laughs> and, then, and then I told my brother, and he got so upset with me. He's like, you're supposed to watch it in a certain order. I didn't know. <laughs> That's so funny. This, this year was the first year that I watched Star Wars as well. We must have been the only two oh, people wow. left in the world not oh, watching Oh, my gosh. I thought I, was, I thought I was so behind because when i started liking it i was like i cannot believe that i actually like this right now (laughs) i don't know how to how to face the world just because when people would say that they loved it i would just kind of pretend oh yeah it's cool but i never actually like appreciated it but now i started like talking to like my cousins and and my brother about star wars and i'm like quiz me i'm sure that i know but (laughs) okay you love cheesecake is there a particular cheesecake you love the oreo do you make that yourself or is that available to buy over there? No. I mean, the first time I ever had it was at the Cheesecake Factory. But then I realized that there's also like s- small shop, like um, like mom and pop shop, like bakeries that make it so good. So we just we kind of just like look around and see exactly um, where we can find cheesecakes and like just like try at different places and like different cities that we visit. Uh, you dreamed about living in New York. That was the first one. You see, the weird thing about that is that, I mean, what can I ask you? Like, you dreamed about it, but you never made it. It hasn't happened. No, it hasn't happened, but I went to go visit New York so many times. You see, this is the weird thing is like, I'm now starting to think that one of I Love Star Wars or I Love Cheesecake. Like, the New York one seems like, why would you make, like, you could make up something a lot 
I hope that isn't a lie because I'm See, about I'm to like say so you, could like, make, like you could make up something more interesting than I dreamed of living in New York, which makes me feel like that's true, which means <laughs> I love Star Wars and I love cheesecake. They're so similar that you've picked something you love and something you hate. And so I think this oh. is where we come down to. One of those stories is that actually you hate one of those things. And I've got to say, <laughs> you were pretty convincing when you told the story about Star Wars. It sounded like you genuinely did only watch it this year and that you started to love it. So if that wasn't yeah. true, then you're an excellent actor. Oh. I'm going to say you hate cheesecake. Maybe you're cheesecake intolerant. I think that's a lie. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I don't like cheesecake. Um, yes! Ah, it's like so funny. You know, you're so right. Maybe I could have just said I love New York. I love New York. I love Star, Star Wars. I love cheesecake. Oh my goodness. Um, no cheesecake. My fiance loves cheesecake so much. He always wants cheesecake. I can have a bite of cheesecake, but I don't enjoy it. And then after I swallow it, I just start gagging. I don't know what it is with cheesecake. I just don't like it. But I like cream cheese, and I love cheese. But when it comes to cheesecake, I really I can't eat it. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's do you know that is a, actually a good lie. And and it's it's a sign of love that he's still there by your side, despite the fact that you weird, right. you're a weirdo who doesn't like cheesecake. He's he's let well, that go. I, <laughs> yes, no, I mean because everyone loves cheesecake. I've never met somebody that does not like cheesecake, <laughs> and I feel that I'm the only one. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? That it's not always going to be like happiness and like you know good days that there are going to be some times that you may face some challenges and like that you're going to make some mistakes but you'll definitely learn from those mistakes and grow from the challenges just because I thought that being my own like boss meant that I can make my own hours and make my um just like do what I what it was that I wanted to do um which is you know like there are some levels to that being true but then what I guess I thought about doing freelance for full, like full time was maybe there are some days that I don't want to work and like I don't have to work. But the thing is, what I realize is that if I don't want to work like on Monday, for example, I have to make it for that Monday, maybe on a Saturday. And I, I think that like being a freelance, you have to remember that you're you are wanting that flexibility that you've been wanting um you, you're not like stuck down to like an eight to five job where you have to work monday through friday but if you instead you want like monday and tuesday off and you want to work saturdays and sundays then that you know if that works for you then that's awesome by the way yes what do your friends and family who you didn't think were sure about it at the beginning what do they make of it now mm-hmm. oh my goodness um my my dad, I felt that he was so confused what I was trying to do. And he was, you know, like really worried. He was like, what are you doing? Um, so then telling him about like my full-time business, I was, you know, I was so scared just because I didn't know like how he was going to like, you know, react to it. But then my dad also has his own clothing store as well. So like he understands like the freelance, but I feel that he was like, but it's not easy. And that's the reason why I wanted you to like get a degree so you can have just like like not like an easier job but like just to like have a job that you can enjoy but then after telling him like more about my business and not being so afraid the more I was able to like let him into what I was doing then he became like so so s- supportive and that's something that like you know caught me 
in surprise. Um, so like, so now my dad, you know, he is really supportive. He truly respects what I do. And, and we talk about business and like taxes and things that I probably never knew that I could have those conversations with him. Um, so like when it comes to like my f- family, they are so, so supportive. I do have like friends and family that appreciate what I do, but they don't want to like understand it. Like they're just like, oh, that's cool. But like they're not trying to like know every aspect behind it. And, and, and that's totally OK, too. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Shelley, it's been so good to talk to you. Go to uh, beingfreelance.com as ever for all of our guests. There are links through so that you can find them. And as you've discovered, there is a lot that Shelley is doing with Letters by Shells online. Yay. So uh, go check it all out beingfreelance.com follow her uh, on the various social media platforms of your choice links for all of our guests at beingfreelance.com while you're there come join a community of freelancers from around the world Uh, they're all waiting to hang out you're not alone being freelancer come find them and if you're a freelance parent don't forget the other podcast that i do it's called doing it for the kids since you've got your app out you might as well go and subscribe to that at the same time subscribe to doing it for the kids and then since you're in the app go and find shelly's podcast as well hobby to business um there you are look look how much (laughs) you've achieved in your day just by listening to this and hitting subscribe twice um shelly thank you so much and all the best being freelance yeah thank you so much again for having me steve it was so so fun Ah, oh, there goes Shelley. How nice was she? Um, and do you know what st- struck me as well was that bit where I'm, I'm glad it had that happy ending with, with her th- father because, you know, it can be hard when you start your freelance business because we often discuss this in the Doing It For The Kids podcast. Like, the people around you don't necessarily get what you're going through. They might not, they might not see it as a proper job, in quotation marks, or they simply don't get the passion for you or the belief or, or all the different new techniques that you're learning and that you care about and that give you energy um but the great news is there are plenty of people who do so it doesn't mean you have to ditch your old friends and family but you can get a new friends and family uh, by joining communities of freelancers both in person and online and the being freelance podcast has its own one that is the being freelance community so please if you if you're feeling like shelly was at the beginning of a story there where people weren't getting her then come join us beingfreelance.com click on community you're not alone being freelance i promise you that okay i'm out of here you have a great week being freelance